Oftentimes, when people refer to God, they call upon or cite Jesus or the Father. Yet Jesus commanded his disciples and friends not to leave Jerusalem until they received the indwelling of Holy Spirit. This is so vitally important that Scripture reminds us it was a command from Jesus himself. Although Holy Spirit is often overlooked, forgotten, or treated as out of sight, out of mind, his presence and giftings that he placed inside of our personalities is not only vital to advancing the gospel, but a foundation for your own personal strength and peace. Join us now as we unpack Uniquely Prepared, Natural Gifts from Holy Spirit. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, good day everybody. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. Thank you for joining. Today will be a very special broadcast, I think. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is often, in my opinion, uh, either overlooked, minimized, out of sight, out of mind. Um, For Christians, you know, they'll they'll oftentimes be referencing and pointing to Jesus or God the Father, and and that's certainly natural. Um, And and for myself, you know, in, in this particular venue of what I'm doing, I look at a lot of other outside sources from uh, uh, outside of the Bible. And, and you know, I, I've broken this down many times before in terms of whether I'm looking at uh, historical accounts or eyewitness accounts and, and, and scientific, archaeological, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there's the Holy Spirit who, you know, let me, let me say this. Uh, let me reference what, what Jesus said to his apostles. Um, I'm, I'm going to go to the book of Acts just for a second here. Because I really believe this is that important that it, it's it's so often forgotten, I think. Um, this is Jesus, and, and so it says, And being assembled together with them, I'm sorry, Acts 1, 4, and 5 is what I'm going to reference. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said, He, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with Holy Spirit not many days hence. Let me go back to the first verse, uh, the opening of verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them to wait in Jerusalem for Holy Spirit. So it was a command from Jesus to his disciples uh, to, to, to wait. Why? Because it's it's crucial. It's it, it's absolutely imperative that you have and and you uh, possess the the anointing of Holy Spirit. You receive the gift, and and oftentimes I I look at you know you present somebody with a gift, but they have to unwrap it. And I think many in the body of Christ and many people who have the Holy Spirit, they have so many gifts inside of them that they don't necessarily take the time whether it's through prayer and, and, and seeking it out, what are these gifts? So today I'm going to be looking at natural gifts, ones that we all have, uh, you know, some, you know, will, will, will operate in multiple gifts. Um, you will find yourself, you'll have more of a propensity to be stronger in some than others, and some you just, you know, you won't have. Um, but but it's I think it's very, very important to, to identify them, which are those in yourself, it will make you that much stronger and effective and happier because you're 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 walking in the gifts that God has given you, uh, and you're becoming effective. Whether it's to 
help minister the gospel or just to help others in general, um, which that in and of itself is, is being a light. So um, I, I also wanted to uh, read here something from, from the book of Matthew, and this is Jesus again. Um, and, it, and it says here in, in uh, chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, And Jesus went through all, throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So for those following on video, I've I've highlighted the end that it's his harvest. And Jesus is calling us to to be laborers in the harvest. And that necessarily doesn't mean that you're going to go knock on everybody's door and, and, and read them the gospel and so forth and so on. But I think uh, walking in these gifts that you have will help further the advancement of the gospel, but just sharing the love of Jesus, sharing the love of God uh, with others by being people of examples. And so we're going to break this down. It's going to be it's going to be a kind of a basic but very important uh, uh, outline or study or, or, or reference, if you will. Um, so I'd ask you, if you wouldn't mind, please hit the like and the subscribe button. Um, as well as you know, ring the bell and 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 share there. Whether you no know, matter what platform you're on, whether it's YouTube or the podcast platforms and Spotify and so forth, share share this information if you think it's worthwhile. If you think this is this is of value, um, and and I'm encouraged because I do. I think there's there's information in here. Well, it's it's the word of God, so therefore it will be uh, important and valuable. Um, but there are some very basic things here that, that, that I think would help you. And let me just add one other thing that uh, there, there's something called a temperament analysis for those of you um, who, who want to maybe dig a little bit deeper into the makeup that God placed inside of you. Um, and, I, and I think that's valuable. I know a lot of organizations will use it and uh, some churches. Um, I found it of, of great value because it showed me things that I am good at and I necessarily didn't look at in terms of the church, and I realized I was using it in my uh, professional life. You know, uh, you know what I what I do to put bread on the table. So, um, so let, let 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 let's get into it. So I'm going to always give you scriptural references, but the natural gifts are the following: helps you can find in First Corinthians twelve twenty eight. Administration, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Service, Romans 12, 7. Giving, Romans 12, 8. And you'll see multiple because, and, and you'll find out as we go along. Leadership is in Romans 12, 8. Mercy is in Romans 12, 8. Hospitality is in 1 Peter 4, 9. And encouragement, again, is in Romans 12, 8. And there are other uh, scriptures that you'll find that in, and we'll, we'll, we'll highlight some of these as we go along. But these are the natural gifts that everybody has either they, they, they operate strongly in or they have that, that um, innate ability to, to just flow in these gifts. And, you know, some, you know, you, you may be okay in or maybe some, you know, it's just a struggle for you. So uh, those, those are the gifts. Now let's break them down. 
helps. We find this again in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. So helping, he's identifying right there as some as a gift that's of, of importance. And, you know, you, you're helping. How, you know, how is that a gift? Well, there's, there are people who naturally want to help others. Uh, when the spiritual gift of helps is appropriately applied, the helper is acting much like Jesus who said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. He said that in Matthew 20, 28. Likewise, Paul speaks honorably about Phoebe, who also had the spiritual gift of helps. Here he states, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church in Chentria, for she has been great help, been a great help to many people, including me. Been a great help. Find that in Romans 16, 1 and 2. Likewise, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27 uh, through 31, the Apostle Paul lists helping others amongst the greatest gifts. So these are the greatest gifts, or amongst them, I should say. Um, so helps. How can we help one another? How can we be of service to one another? And again, you're following the example of Jesus. And Holy Spirit has given some uh, some of you just that that innate desire to, to help others. Administration, we can find in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And I wanted to take a couple of different translations and, and highlight what those words are. In the NIV, it means guidance. In the New King James, it's governments. In the message, it's organizers. In the New Living Bible, those who can help others to work together. I think that's that's a great translation. Those who can help others to work together, and I'm, and I'm showing you some uh, some basic artwork, uh, you know, of administrators, and and I know that we think of administrators as one who can keep everything together, and that's what they are. They're they're basically the glue that holds it together. And I will say that I am not good at this gift at all, and I need to, you know, I need to work on it. Um, the other thing I kind of point out here, and I think it's. Uh, you might overlook it, but especially as time goes by, technology grows. Um, the, the people who excel in certain areas of technology and keeping databases clean and effective and getting messaging out and could be coding you know, for a church app or an organizational app or something like that, uh, these are administrators. These are people who operate in their gifts of administration and uh, you know, let me just say that the church in general, if you have a gift for technology or, or you know, some type of administration, maybe, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're good in a lot of programs that help keep this information compiled together and, and shared. This is incredibly important. Um, it is not the man or woman who appoints those in the body of Christ for placing these members uh, into the unique um, departments or areas of the church and other organizations, but it is done directly by God. First Corinthians says God has appointed them. They have the spiritual gift of having things in order. They know that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace and of order. So they naturally already know that things need to be done decently in order. And a lot of times if you place these people in a in a situation where it's a little bit haphazard and disorganized. They naturally will go to that and they'll naturally move in, in that area. So this might explain why Paul wrote to Titus when he said, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order 
and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So, um, you know, that's also being an, air, an area of leadership that we'll get in, but the, the importance of keeping things in order. So, you know, putting people in charge of certain areas, uh, that's an administrative task. That's an administrative function that you're keeping all of that moving and flowing in one direction. So administration is a very, very crucial and important gift. And there are many that have it. And, and I, I say welcome them. Giving. And, uh, you know, giving, of, of course, is so important. And I, And when I say this, I don't necessarily mean giving money. Giving money and finances and, and helping others is, is wonderful. And, and we should be doing that. And, you know, we need to be accountable of this, uh, the, the finances or the resources and be good stewards of what, what God has put in our hands. But I'm going to read a couple of scriptures here. Uh, Romans 12, 8, I'm going to reference a lot throughout this. Um, if, and, and he talks about the different gifts, but the emphasis here is uh, so let me read this. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is to, if it is giving, then give generously. So you know, if you're going to give, then do it. Don't do it, you know, where you're squeezing pennies out of your pocket, or oh, gee, I can, you know, I can squeeze in five minutes if I run around the, the corner and help so and so. Luke six thirty eight. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So, you know, the Lord is saying right there that as you give, expect that God's going to give back to you because uh, I I, I forget this specific reference, but, um, you know, uh, Scripture states that when you give to others, when you help others, when you clothe the poor, you're doing it for Jesus. Uh, you're doing it as you would have done unto Jesus. So when you're giving, you're giving as though you're giving to Jesus. And Jesus, he rewards that. He gives that back. And again, I'm, I'm, I don't want you to get hung up on money or I'm, I'm encouraging you not to get hung up on money. Um, if you have money and you can give, you should. Um, but this is also about a lot of other things. How can you give in other areas? How can you give of your time? How can you give of your talents? Uh, Matthew 6, 3, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And, you know, that's, that's a big key. Uh, you know, I, I, I've seen situations over the years where people kind of, they, they're, they're a little bit braggadocious, if that's a word. Uh, you know, they're letting people, well, I gave to such and such, and I did this, or I forgave that debt, and not so and so forth and so on. Um, and they're letting other people know what they've done, and, and instead of just doing it. And, and um, that's, you know, that's w- w- what I think is the best reward, because you're doing it out of your heart. You're not doing it to, to look better to others. Service. How can you serve others? Uh, Romans twelve seven again. If it is to serve, then serve. In other words, he, and he says this throughout in Romans twelve seven and eight when he identifies so many gifts. He's talking about you know if you're going to do it, give generously. If you're going to lead, then lead. If you're going to serve, then serve. Do it. Do it with all your heart. Hebrews six. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. Proverbs eleven twenty five. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and to one who waters himself will be watered. So you're not doing it for the sense of, well, I'm going to get it back to me, but inevitably that is the way 
um, God's kingdom works, that, you know, as you give and as you serve others, as you help others, as you operate and flow in your gifts, you can expect that coming back to you in one form or another or different forms. And, and I would say that these are gifts that God has given you. But a lot of times what I think happens is God surprises us in return and he gives us other gifts back or he gives us things. He likes, this is my own personal experience. I'll just, I won't speak for others. But I believe, and I know I've experienced this in my life, where God surprises me. And well, boy, I didn't see that coming, you know. And 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 it delighted me. Uh, it it might be something that I had in my heart that I never expressed, or or things like that. So I, I guess there's an expression that you can never outgive God, and I, I I would certainly you know agree with that. But again, if so, if you're called to service, if you like to help others, serve others, then then do it. And I've given you some some different. Uh, um, illustrations here in terms of delivery or whether you're acting as a custodian or helping clean and uh, or you know baking cookies or you know whatever it is you what you're serving others just as Jesus served you leadership again Romans 12 8 if it is to lead do it diligently so I looked up the word diligence diligence is one of seven heavenly virtues and diligent behavior is indicative of a work ethic, a belief that work is good in itself. And I think that's so important today. Um, you know, I, I, I believe I have a good work ethic that it was handed down to me from my folks. Um, and, 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 you know, I see this around uh, oftentimes. If you have that good work ethic, it in and of itself makes you a good leader, whether, you know, if you're a work ethic, people around your organization would see it. uh, And that kind of moves you into the forefront of being a leader, whether you think so or not. Uh, Diligence is carefulness and it's persistence. So, you know, you may be working hard for a month and, and that reward may not be there, but it's the persistent nature of who you are and how you can lead. And I show you an illustration of a man lifting a man up or holding his hand to kind of push him up the stairs. Or, and I believe that that is such a key component of leadership that if you're helping others become stronger, that makes you the leader. Uh, so be willing to, you know, if, if you have a certain gift in a certain area or you have potentially some uh, uh, influence in areas that you can help others, do it. That's true leadership. Um, in Proverbs 12:24, and I'm going to reference the Berean style study Bible here, style, the hand of the diligent will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. So, you know, diligent work is a form of leadership and, you know, laziness is, is inevitably going to lead you down the wrong road. And I'm going to also give you an example here in Ezra and the New Living Translation uh, the, this is Ezra 5, verse 8. The king should know that when we went into the construction site of the temple of the great God in the province of Judah, it is being rebuilt with specially prepared stones and timber is being laid in its walls. The work is going forward with energy and great success. So this is leadership, you know, putting people in the right position and they're, they're, they're accomplishing what they need to do. So Leaders help others below them become successful. Leaders help uh, smaller groups or, or, or uh, you know, perhaps departments that, that they, they put them in a position to succeed. And, you know, they give them the tools and the resources. This is all part of leadership. 
How can I make you better? And then it's, it's, it sounds, you know, almost like an oxymoron, but it's not. It, it, it's, and that is indicative of great leadership. Jesus, his example made others better. I mean, people just dropped whatever they were doing to follow him and they became better because of the example and what they saw in him and what they, what he poured out back into them. Mercy, 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 mercy. And Romans 12, 8 here says, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So be cheerful in your mercy. And I'm giving you uh, some examples here, but let me just say this. Jesus as the face of mercy. He is the face of mercy. Hosea 6, 6 says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Luke 5, 32 I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus shows us what it means to be merciful. He heals the sick. He welcomes the stranger. He pardons those who persecuted and killed him. Think about that. He pardoned those who persecuted and eventually killed him. What do I mean by that pardon? By that, by that, by that gift that Jesus gave us on the cross and the resurrection. So I'm giving you some examples here of mercy of a, of a woman here with some physical afflictions. And I always, I, I think of this a lot, uh, um, and it's just the image that I have a lot of times when I think of Jesus and when he sees the leper. Now, the leper at that time, you know, it was highly contagious. People isolated them into their own islands or sections of land. Uh, and they were not allowed to um, uh, integrate, with, you know, with the general population. He hugs them. He prays for them. He heals them. Um, and and that is, you know, when we see people with afflictions, and sometimes, you know, it, it may be very troubling to the eye, but it's so important to to see them through the eyes of Jesus, see them through the eyes of mercy, see them through how He loves them. Um, an example here of, of, of a prison ministry on the left, of what I'm calling a ministry, but visiting the prisoners. I, I love prison ministries. I think prison ministries are so important. Uh, I, I consider that um, uh, a, a, an open hospital, if you will, um, you know, for the Lord. There's just such great work, so many people around the world doing wonderful things, visiting prisoners, encouraging prisoners. And that's really, you know, they're in a situation where they can kind of pause and think. They have the time to reflect what they may have done wrong. Uh, and oftentimes they'll look to the Lord. They'll look to God. They'll look, you know, even if they don't know Jesus at the time, they're looking, they're searching. Because they have that time to reflect and they realize that, you know, there's bars in front of them. There's restrictions in front of them. So I, I you know, I'm 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 a big fan of that. And um, you know, there, there's also another thing. There's a small ministry. I, I can't think of the name of it. If you looked it up, you can find it online. Um, it, it, it around Christmas time. Um, it's a ministry. It's a prison ministry that that gives gifts to children of the prisoners. It finds the children of these prisoners and it and it gives them gifts. And you know, I think what a great thing. It's an example of giving. It's an example of leadership and it's an example of mercy all in one. Um, and then, you know, you see what is mercy. And, it's, and there's nothing more of a bigger symbol, I think, than Jesus on the cross doing what he did, knowing what he knew, and, and being God, and, and still being willing to take the form of man and take upon himself all of the sins of the world. 
and and you know so we have that gift of mercy in us and i just you know reminder it's holy spirit who who kind of nudges you and brings you along and gives you that inner compass or maybe brings you into a situation to allow you to be merciful to allow you to show the grace and mercy of god to somebody who needs it hospitality i'm showing you an example of the organization so you can look at this as a company you can look at it as a family you can look at it as a church uh, the New Inter- International Version, First Peter 4.9, offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And I wanted to read something that's the message. Um, you can look it up. This is not necessarily scriptural interpretation. It's modern-day vernacular. Um, but I like to look at different uh, translations. And I think this is, I think this is great. I, I love this. So I'm going to read it. Uh, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Should be no... Uh, no big surprise there. And then it goes on to say, stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love one another as if your life depended on it. Love makes up practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, and do it cheerfully. Be generous with the different things that God gave you, passing them around so that all get in on it. If it's words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the one mighty in everything. Encores to the end of time, oh yes. So, you know, you yourself doing your part, but then collectively, and and the example here in, in, in the illustration is, is maybe a, a hotel where you have the butler, the concierge, the uh, the, the, the cleaning people and so forth and so on, the, the doorman. But if you think about an organization or a group or a family, like I said, there are so many times that where I'll look at um, some Christian families that I, you know, that I marvel at, that, that just, you know, raise their children in such a fashion, they're quick to show the love of God, and, and they do so, and, and you, you know, you kind of know it. You sense that, oh, there's something special. There's something special about them. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, just another example of how collectively we can do this. Um, and, you know, there's an, there's, uh, I don't, I, maybe it was me, who knows. But, you know, where you're called to operate in your lane, and then when you do so and everybody's running in their lane and their gifts, then, you know, the, the vision is complete. Encourage or exhort, and I know a lot of people, uh, I'm an encourager, I like to encourage, I'm encouraging you, hopefully here, uh, and I'm exhorting you to run the race and to do what you can and to, you know, seek the Lord and seek Jesus and, and hopefully, you know, that you'll ask God, pause, stop, think, you know, God, what am I good at? What, you know, what, what areas, you know, do I excel in? And, and again, I would just encourage you, if you can take a temperament or an anal- temperament analysis test, I did this with Tim LaHaye's ministry, and I realize Tim LaHaye has gone, but um, you can look it up online. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the organization, the ministry, still has these tests, and what they do is you you fill it out, um, and it's you know just what comes to your mind quick. It's one of those 40, 50, 60 question tests like that, and it broke it down to such great degree, and it helped me so much because it gave me a very detailed four, five, six-page analysis of what my strengths, what my weaknesses are, and what I would be good in in certain situations, whether it's work, whether it's volunteering or personal life, uh, my family life, friendships, 
uh, and so on. And it's really, really effective. Um, and I, I, again, I know a lot of churches use it. So if you can get a temperament analysis, uh, I, 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 I would encourage it. At the time that I did this, I think it cost me $35. And I believe it was many, many, <laughs> money well spent. So encourage or exhort. Again, Romans twelve twenty eight. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement, then do it. So I wanted to look up some different synonyms here. Um, it, it, here's some of the things that y- you can think of, you know, when you're, uh, think of the word encourage, to boost, to embolden, to exhort. A lot of times people will say it's the gift of exhortation or to exhort. Hearten, inspire, reassure, restore, spur, strengthen. All of these synonyms are encouraging us to run. It's, it's kind of like Paul. I, you know, Paul encourages you to run the race. Uh, I, I would say Paul is an encourager in many of his letters. He's, you know, and including the individual letters that he wrote out, he's encouraging uh, those to continue on in, 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 the, call, in the gifts of their calling, um, in the race that Jesus has set before them, but using the instructions from Holy Spirit. I would like to reference something here uh, by Second Chronicles 32, 6 through 7. Uh, then he set military captains over the people, gathered them together in the open square of the city gate, and gave them encouragement, saying, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him, for there are more, than, more, there are more with us than with him. With him is an arm of flesh. But with us, and this is so important, is the Lord our God to help us fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. So he reminded them, he encouraged them, he strengthened them. He said, you are not alone. You're in this with the Lord. You're in this with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is inside of you. Be strong, be courageous. You can do whatever the Lord has set before you. And by speaking that and reminding them that, the people were strengthened. The people were kind of edified. So you can almost think of, uh, you know, you know, people getting ready for battle and the commander of the army going along the front line and that those last words of encouragement and it strengthens them. And you, you know, kind of hear the hoo-ha-ha, you know. Well, I guess that was a bad impression. But you get the idea, the masculine thumping of the swords and the, and, and the shields and whatnot, and they're ready for battle. It's, it's almost like Braveheart, if you get, think of Mel Gibson uh, near the end, and, and you know he's marching up and down in front of the, the line with his horse, and he's encouraging him. He's giving him words of encouragement. So encourage one another. It doesn't have to be that bravado, but, uh, and it could be something small. You know, be, uh, be a mentor to somebody. Uh, if you're an adult, you know, be willing to help a teenager. Um, uh, if if you see a teenager maybe in a certain area they excel whether it's music or or the arts or or technology and you have those abilities and, and then share that with them encourage them uh, it's it's a wonderful thing I think um, oftentimes we we really miss the importance of encouraging and being an influence on young people because because young people are are just. You know, they're, they're the foundation for tomorrow. So, you know, we, we need to be able to do that. So I'm going to close here with how does the, what I think anyway, if you think of all these gifts on the bottom, uh, and again, if you're following me on video, um, helps, administration, service, giving, leadership, mercy, hospitality, encourage uh, encouragement. So how does the church compare 
to a hospital or a military battlefield with medics or first aid assistant utilizing the natural gifts from Holy Spirit. So think about all of these gifts that we've laid out. Picture a hospital. Picture a, um, a, a military battlefield, people wounded on the battlefield, because that's how I would view a lot of the world. They don't necessarily always know they're sick, or they could be in prison, they could be in certain situations, and they recognize it. So if we're utilizing the gifts that Holy Spirit has given us, we can be that much more powerful and effective for Him, for the glory of God, uh, and and and. You know, I, 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 that, that's how I see it. That's, you know, that's personally, um, you know, how I view these things. And I think we have wonderful opportunities if we utilize what God has given us. And again, it's going to be twofold. You're going to help somebody else on the other side, but by moving and operating in those gifts that God has given you, you will be blessed. You will be happier. I promise you'll be happy. You'll have peace. You'll have joy because you're flowing in how God made you, how God created you. So let me close here with a big thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate your time. I hope and trust the information here was of value to you. And perhaps you can share it with others. If you think this was of value, that others need to hear it or be reminded of just how special and unique they are. And, and the work that they have in front of them. We have a great amount of work to do, not only personally for yourself and for your family, but for the kingdom of God if you are a believer of Jesus Christ. So I, I would just like to remind you that if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, email me, russicoutlook at gmail.com. Happy to do so. Prayer requests. If you don't know the Lord, if you have questions about eternity, if you have questions about, uh, um, you know, is, is there a God? Please, by all means, uh, happy to take that email um, or a prayer request. If it's a prayer request, please don't hesitate. Thank you again. Uh, you've been listening to the Russick Outlook. And remember, as always, just my opinion.